0: I, I'm not gonna say that was the turning point by any means, but that was one of the biggest things that kind of helped me start finding it. not because, I mean, don't get me wrong, the connections I got to make with people were great. And that's that's one of the biggest things I would tell new traders is you can't just, you kind of need to prove yourself, not only to other people, but like yourself. Like, why am I adding value to somebody else? You know, why do they deserve to come help me? And I'm not saying that starting a podcast is always the way, but you know, it. Not only did Matt and I get to learn a lot from these people, but we got to share it with the rest yep. of the trading community. Um, we added value to a lot of different people. Yep. And that kind of, again, that added some value to us as, yep. as traders and, you know, kind of getting to ask those kinds of questions and building those yep. uh, relationships. You're listening to the Steady Trade podcast,
1: a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Stephen Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everyone! Back here with the whole team, Kim. Steven, and I've got a special guest. Go. Um, it's kind of funny. You know, I think about what, uh, you know, going back to the Beyond the PDT podcast from a few years ago. Um, and, you know, where I Br- met Bryce back then. And I tell you, you know, it's one of those situations where, and, I, and here I go, parodying Joe Rogan yet again. But, man, I just, I get so inspired by, by guys like, and gals, but guys like Matt. Bryce, Jack Kellogg, you know, I, I fanboy over all of them because what I greatly respect about what Bryce has been doing, you know, he started out trading, started the trading podcast now is joined and working with with us at Stocks to Trade, And I just love that, you know, that when, when I say hustler and, you know, it's, it's, that's a positive term in my mind, you know, that always looking for that, you know, way to do more, way to earn more, way to do more, way to create more. And, uh, and that's Bryce Tuohy, and, and, and welcome, Bryce, and, and we're, we're going to get to know you here. So. Thank you, of, of, Thank you very much. Just,
2: just really? also on that intro, just just also what I like about you is, is there's not many people who've come and risen out of the streets of New York. you just seen you from New York. There's not many people have risen out of the streets of New York. I mean, first, a few years ago, I had Takeshi69, and uh, <laughs> now now you're the second one to emerge as a
3: successor. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah. I'm uh, one of the few from, from, from good old upstate. That's for sure. (laughs) Where where are
3: you from upstate New York?
0: uh, Syracuse. So I'm sure we've got, got some good basketball every now and then. Um, Football, not so much, (laughs) but we're trying, we're working on it.
3: If you can survive the winters in Syracuse, you can probably handle
0: anything. Well, I just, I just moved to Texas and let me tell you, it's way too, if you can't tell, I moved to Texas and it is, uh, it's way too hot here. It's like 80 degrees and I am, I am sweating like a son of a gun. Is is that a,
1: (laughs) is that a rhinestone cowboy hat by the way, or not?
0: I don't know. I, I, I have, I actually, I bought this in Nashville on my way down. So I'm not even really a true Texan with this one on.
2: (laughs) But is, it, is the, is the cowboy hat right. just how it makes you feel? Like, do you feel a certain way when you're trading with the hat on compared oh, to when you trade without it. No that? Is,
0: doubt. is that what it is? No <laughs> doubt. This gives a level of confidence like you would not imagine. You just feel like you're, you're on a horse and you're riding the market. Is that yes. how it is? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ride the hype of the market today. Like you ride a horse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Bryce, let's, people. let's get it. Let's kind of jump back a little bit. Um, you know, I, I always like to, you know, and, 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 people know what's coming, you know, I always talk about that kind of that origin story, but just kind of before we, before we get to know you even more, jump back a little bit, obviously you're a young guy, but what, uh, you know, what, what got you interested in, in trading and then kind of what got you started, et cetera. Because I think a lot of people, you know, you're doing really well. And again, you're do, you got those multiple streams, streams of income. I, I want all the young men and ladies out there to be inspired by Bryce. So, you know, like like what kind of got you started? What what brought you to this game of, of degenerates as they say?
0: So, so actually what, what the first thing ever that was kind of my introduction in the market was actually in high school. I took a class called um, Money and Banking. And the whole point was to kind of teach, you know young kids how to manage their money and how to do taxes and all that stuff and learn a little bit about investing. And I remember you know, we had one of those projects right where you would go through and kind of have a fake portfolio and see how it did by the end of the end of the semester, or the term, or whatever it was. And I would go through every every day of that class and check the like the Yahoo Finance top top percent movers. I would see these ones that would have nothing going on, and then all of a sudden gap up hundred percent. And I just it sparked my interest, which you know, obviously I come to find out they're penny stocks. For sure. And I was like, how? If you could get in before that, you would make a lot of money. How do people <laughs> like this has gotta be random? Didn't think about it again. Actually, you know what? One of the one of the stocks I got in was a penny stock, and it actually gapped up like 60% one day, just randomly, pure luck. Any, you know, like, any
1: any recollection of what it was or not?
0: No clue. Okay, okay. No idea at all. I wish I did. I the only me.
1: reason I ask is like like how far back are we going here?
0: This would yeah. have been 2015, 2016.
1: Because here's the thing is you know, I, the only reason I ask, and I don't I don't blame you for not remembering it wouldn't surprise me if it was one of the tickers that we trade all the time because i mean it's like we all know these same tickers i i was just hoping it would be you know we'd get lucky and it'd be like some scam X stock like RHE or something, you
0: know. <laughs> how funny would that be? That would have been a killer story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: want to go back and find it. Um but no after that um I kind of didn't really think anything about it. But that got my that got my brain jogging a little bit because I learned about compound interest and I was like how do I how do I take advantage of this? And freshman year of college, you know I paid my way through college. Um, nice. And but I, I was like I need to I need to kind of bring in some extra money I was a lifeguard at the time and it just wasn't paying the bills so I became a freelance writer I well, love you're, li-
1: you're a lifeguard in upstate New York what is there like three sunny days no
0: indoors you, you, only. Probably, you
1: probably make like 23 dollars the entire summer
3: at that game. Indoors, indoors. <laughs> said, indoors oh my
0: gosh no yeah if I was an outdoor lifeguard in upstate New York I would <laughs> Um, I would have been broke. <laughs> so I decided to, uh, you know, I was, I was just Googling things like, what am I good at? Thinking what I'm good at. And I was a good writer. I loved writing essays in high school. And so I was like, well, apparently you can make money writing online, writing blogs and stuff. So I wrote for free for eight months during my freshman year to kind of build up a wow. portfolio wow. and, you know, get some, get some published work out there. Now, just and- all kinds of stuff. Just oh, getting, whatever I could just get my freelance. Hands. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yep. Anything. If, if I could find a way to get my, like, just get the work I would do it. I think I actually had a piece in like a magazine about men's fashion, which as you can tell, um, I'm I'm rocking <laughs> it. So then that was kind of my introduction. Like, wow, you can, you can make money in other ways than a, a traditional nine to five job. And so I, you know, I did really, really well for being in college at the time. I paid my bills. It paid all my food it paid for my rent and everything and nice. then sophomore year so that was all freshman year sophomore year i met matt monaco and uh you know i was actually through mutual friends i ended up going to school with him after i transferred and he was telling me about how he was learning how to trade stocks and i was like oh that sounds really fun mm-hmm. and so basically you know after after that i kind of i went through a period where i all i wanted to do was study all i wanted to do is learn how to trade and then I just kind of fell off, fell off the cliff. I never even traded with real money during that year. And uh, then I slowly kind of picked it back up. And I said, you know, there really is some potential here, right around when the Bitcoin run started happening. So for what was that? Was that 2017? 17. 28?
1: Late, late 2017. Is yep. First, yeah, yep.
0: Um, and so after that, it was just that grind. You know, I was still writing. I was still in school. Um, I was probably, I was probably writing. Oh, I don't know, six hours a day. Then oh, I had nice. school, and then I was studying stocks. I mean, my you know, I went, through, I went through peak periods where I would really work hard then just fall off a cliff and then work hard again. But, you know, basically for the next 2018 to 2020, it was just every day slowly putting in a little bit more and more time until end of 2019. I was probably studying, you know, nine, 10 hours a day uh, t- between trading, you know, reviewing, learning new patterns. And once I basically redefined my strategy uh, early 2020, I started a really small size and just grew, at, uh, found a strategy that worked really well for me and then scaled it up and you know now here i am
2: don't just say here i am like you just you just passed the milestone. don't don't be humble with that shout, shout that out shout that out of the world yeah I just,
0: um i just crossed five hundred thousand dollars beautiful the man Congrats. the
2: man who writes the stories now has a story written about him
0: exactly right. well said very
1: poetic, Stephen. Very, very poetic. poetic. Not you, the only you probably, writer in the room, you probably not stayed up all night in the googling that to rip that off. And this,
2: he's not the only writer. We'll open this him.
1: So as you, so I got three points, in that, and then and then I will be so gracious and actually let Kim and Stephen participate in this podcast. But I want to make three points. Number biggest one that I that I love about that story mm. is the time. Okay. Basically, you know, Bryce, this is like three or four years to this 500,000, okay? That's again, and we've said it a million times, that's why we call it the Steady Trade Podcast. We're trying to give people realistic expectations, okay? We're not some banner ad on Yahoo Finance saying turn 50 into a million. I mean, Bryce Mm -hmm. took years to do this. Second thing is I love the fact that he had that, again, that side hustle of that writing gig, I think so many people make it harder than it needs to be because they put undue pressure. They're like, you know, maybe they're a young person. Maybe they don't have a mortgage. They don't have a family, but they just quit everything else. And there's nothing there to buy the food, you know, to pay the rent. And so um, I love that, that you had another source of income that you didn't have that extra, oh shit type urgency. And then the last thing is just the freaking work ethic. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, between the writing gig, school, studying, trading, sounds like about 18 hours a day. And I think that's why you're where you are, where you are. So there, yeah.
2: but I I just think, I also think you can always recognize great people because they can, they have the capacity and capability to excel in various
1: different fields. I mean, mean, listen, all the, all the gals, the people that lose in trading or be like, oh, I got school to do. Oh, I got, I got this writing gig. It's too much. Boo hoo hoo. Fucking losers, all of them.
2: (laughs) But like, but if you think Bryce like excels in writing, I've excelled in writing. We're both doing all, well, I'm doing okay in trading. He's excelling in trading. Kim wrote a, a very well published book. up there on the charts that who top people, also the trading coaching. Tim squats. Um <laughs> and he, he like also trades a bit, but he, he's like a killer squatter. If you actually, if you catch him in the gym squatting, squats. And uh, also but Tim, you're a writer, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all actual writers, yeah. yeah. Yep, it's yep, a funny
2: coincidence, so. we're all right here. But uh, but no for me. But Bryce, what I love the most about it is that um, with you, it's fun. It's like it's you're like although trading's hard and it's a struggle for me. When I've seen you trade and learn in your journey, it's it's exciting. It's fun. It's emotional, and and you love it every day. And and I think that's the most important thing. Like it's learning to love studying and learning to love the game and learning to love beating the system. And I think, I think
0: you encapsulate that ethos. Thank you. I'd like to think so. (laughs) I I think you have to make it fun um, as you do with any, as you do with anything. If you're not enjoying it, what's the point? What's, you know what I mean? It's, it's more than just about trying to make a quick buck. It's something you, I want to be able to do for a lifetime, you know, and if I don't have a bundle I can't do that.
3: Do you think you're, sorry, do you think you're surprised Bryce with the crossing the $500,000 mark? Or do you think you had that intention as you were going?
0: Um, you know, that's tough. It, it back, I remember back, you know, when I wasn't profitable um, and I never, I w- never really was a risky trader. I don't think my biggest drawdown was ever more than about $1,500 before I was profitable. Right. But you know, yeah. so I, that, that kind of put a scale in my head where it was like, when I get to $50,000, I'm going on vacation. And yeah. Um, yeah. so you, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to go do something <laughs> yeah. crazy. And, I, of course I never did. Um, and yeah. it just, it always just seemed like one of those numbers that it's like, it's, it's not going to happen. And then it happened and you know, nothing, nothing's changed just because I feel like I put in the work to deserve it back then. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't put in the work to deserve it.
3: Yep. Yeah. Right. That is, that's so profound that I'm so happy. You said that, that you made this money, and that nothing dramatic now has changed because I think some people think when I hit whatever their number is, everything will change. So just talk more about that. How How is it not changed? Because I just am curious what your habits still are with the market because of that. Even though you hit that mark, you're still probably doing the same thing you are doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think to that, one of the one thing that I, I will... Uh, admit is during the hotter market, I was definitely burning myself out. Um, and I feel like that's almost (laughs) why it's, it's bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a a hard work ethic, but I was every morning I was waking up at four 30 to five and then going to bed at midnight. Um, and it was, it burned me out to the point where I was like, yeah, I really, I deserve that money I just made, but I also just sacrificed basically everything, everything else. Um, whereas now I have my my system, my strategy is the same thing that I was doing back when the market was just bonkers. Um, but I've kind of found a way. And this this is where it's kind of a gray area for me. Is like, yeah. I found a way to comfortably comfortably trade where I'm not burning myself out. But I also know I could be putting in more work, more time. You know, I still review my trades. I still journal my trades. I still make my watch list. Um, but I'm not sitting in front of the screens for. 13 hours anymore. I'm trying to learn to enjoy my life a little bit. Maybe that's the reward I've given myself that I kind of didn't plan on, um, yeah. but it's, you know, when the, I'm, the way I think of trading is, you know, we all know the market, market is cyclical, right? I mean, we all know that there are hotter periods than others. Um, and for me, it's really more about, I'm not saying we're in a slow market right now by any means, but we're not in a crazy hot market. And for me, it's more about preserving, slowly growing, preserving. And when that opportunity does come around, hit it hard. That's when I will go back to sacrificing my time yep. um, for, yep. for this. So I don't know if it that, makes that was makes,
3: there's it. such a great answer, such a great answer. Cause you're, cause you're looking at this as a long tail, a long game, not like a, a quick, you know, cu- what is it? Wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Like you're, you're looking at the long, if you want to be around to be able to trade long-term then you're going to have to be healthy. You're going to get us canceled with that kind of talk, Kim. <laughs> is that is that, Is that the thing? It's in a David Bowie song. I don't think it's that's X-rated, is it? I don't know. <laughs> I,
2: think it's, I think it's a tad sexual. <laughs> well, of course
3: it is, but the concept is the same.
2: <laughs> if one of us had said that, we would have got fired.
1: Exactly. You
3: know, yep. Lucky, <laughs> lucky but, it was me. Uh, right.
2: <laughs> Bryce do you know do you know what I what I almost like Bryce do you know what you've done though which is crazy a lot of people find the short game they find profitability in the short game because when you're going short you are reacting to things that's already happened where where you're going long it's a bit more predictive and I think that predictive element of, of getting guessing the unknown is a bit harder so like what did you do different to like master the long game because you're 99.9% long I believe
0: yeah. Yeah. Very much long. And I actually, I was kind of, it was probably closer to 60, 40 back uh, in like August, September, October. The issue was I I'm a very, my, my long strategy is very like, again, it fits my low risk. If I'm going to lose, I'm cutting that really fast. Like if, if it's not working, I can get back in um, and then go for the bigger move. You can't really do that with shorting as much. No. Um, it's no. you need to have, in my opinion, a really well-defined risk level. And you're going for that 3R, that 2R, that 3R, that 4R. With with my longs, I'm getting in spots where it should work or it doesn't. And I'm gonna cut quick if it doesn't. Shorting is a lot different. I think that's why I've definitely gravitated a lot more towards longing is just because I I don't have to, in my opinion, take on as much risk as I would shorting. And like I said, my biggest career drawdown ever is about $6,000 you know, basically 1% of my total profits. Um, And that's just because of how I cut losses really, really fast when I know I'm not right.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that I'm sure Steven will touch on. And we've talked about a million times on the podcast is, you know, listen to be, to make the big money, you know, the quote unquote big money in shorting, you kind of got to go for that ride. You know, that's what Steven and I always talk about is going for that ride. Cause you know, and at least- on the long side, I mean, you can get that 50%, 80%, you know, some BTX or RHE. I mean, you're never going to buy the bottom of the top. But if you're very risk averse, which I hope most new newer traders are, you you, you almost, you got to be down a little bit. And then you're adding to the backside and, and then ultimately it goes bad and it goes real bad. And, and uh, yeah, I think it's a little more free. I mean, listen, you can still... I mean, obviously, a million people have blown up their accounts on the long side, but it, in my opinion, especially if you're new, it takes a lot longer to grind that account into oblivion when you're shorting these low floaters. I mean, five minutes and you're done. You know,
0: all it takes but, is getting stuck in a halt up. Yeah. <laughs> <It's,
1: laughs> you don't know where that, that, thing <laughs> that thing's
0: opening. You have no clue where that thing's <laughs> going.
3: Bryce, did it take you a while to find that style that suited your personality?
0: Oh my, it, I mean, it, it really did take about three years Um, because here's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm a, a two main, two main styles of play for me, Uh, a bounce play, you know, a really beaten down dead cat bounce type of play or a breakout, but it's always a tough question to answer. When you're talking about a breakout, there are a million different types of breakout. There could be a multi-day breakout, a 52-week high breakout, an all-time high breakout, a range breakout, you know what I mean? It's so for me finding that I, well, I didn't understand that when I first started trading. I really had no clue that a breakout didn't have to mean, you know, a yearly breakout. And so when I kind of redefined my style of a breakout, um, and it was more a breakout of a range than anything else, that's when I started seeing success because it was easier to go for that that lower risk, higher reward when I was right now, that also did have some downfalls a lot of times because I was going much lower risk. I was also cutting my winners a lot too fast. Um, Mm. But you know, that's, that's kind of a thing where as you develop comfort in your strategy, as you develop comfort in your stats, you're kind of able to see, okay, I never hold these long enough. Let's try holding a little bit longer. One big thing that worked for me that I've done probably the past three months is scaling out. No, am I going to get the best average sell? Absolutely not. But now what I've been able to do is instead of scaling out half of my position in my first exit, I scale out 10 or 20%. And then I'll scale it a little bit more and more as we go up farther. Um, so that's been a big thing for me, but yeah, it took a long time to really find that that strategy, the comfort level that worked for me. That's awesome. Good
3: for and, you and that just... you stayed in the game that long to figure it out. I could see somebody after three years not figuring it out, going to hell with this. I can't believe you stuck it out.
0: I almost did. But then I saw, I, I saw Matt Monaco just killing it. I mean, I lived with him. I lived wow. with him for two and a half years. Wow. And I, I saw that there really is potential there. And that's what inspired yeah. me. Um, wow. That's, that's what kept me going is like, yeah. I know that there is a way to do this. I just, I need to find it.
1: And, and that, I thought it was but, cool, you know, and I don't know, maybe you'll agree this contributes or doesn't contribute. I, you know, I mentioned it in the intro. I think it was really awesome that you guys just started that podcast. Cause I got to believe you probably got a little bit of fuel from a lot of these people that you interviewed too. Right. You know,
0: I I'm not going to say that was the turning point by any means, but that was one of the biggest things that kind of helped me start finding it. not because, I mean, don't get me wrong. The connections I got to make with people were great. And that's, that's one of the biggest things I would tell new traders is you can't just you kind of need to prove yourself, not only to other people, but like yourself, like, why am I adding value to somebody else? You know, why do they deserve to come help me? And I'm not saying a starting podcast is always the way, but you know, it not only did Matt and I get to learn a lot from these people, but we have to share it with the rest of the trading community. Um, We added value to a lot of different people. And that kind of, again, that added some value to us as as traders and, you know, kind of getting to ask those kinds of questions and building those uh, relationships.
3: Yeah, for sure. It also endeared people to you to want to be a contribution to you and want to help you. And like I imagine that that flow of information is more robust when people give a damn about you.
0: Yeah, to to an extent. Um, and it's it's funny because basically everyone we talked to, I don't trade like. I, I think we I think we did about a little over twenty episodes. I don't really trade like any of them. Um, wow. it, so it wasn't like me Mm -hmm. taking information about their top Mm -hmm. secret strategy, you know, nothing like that. It was just getting to see why do they take a trade this way? You know, why do they do this? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of craft your own style based off of that. And that's, I know that's like a really hard, that was really hard for me to accept and understand when I wasn't profitable. I thought there was that magic key, that magic indicator that would just turn it all around that no one was telling me about um, uh, wow. but it wasn't that way, you know, it was like, yeah. like you said, kind of getting to get that information and then learning how to make it into your own. Yeah. That's yeah, a really no, it's, important point.
2: It's nice. It's, it's just so beautiful what you've just said, then I just want to reiterate on it. It's like, you have to see a hundred different styles of trade or you know, like fit the way 50 different people trade and, and exactly what you've just said. I'm just repeating what you've said, but it was so good. But why is this person going long here? Why is this person covering the short here? Yeah. Why is this person taking this breakout, but not that breakout? And the other important thing, Bryce, is breakouts by statistics don't are not a profitable strategy. From what I believe, like if you just take any breakout, it's not a profitable strategy. So what are the other things that you look for that make your breakouts profitable?
0: So a big thing for me, right? If, I, if I'm going for a breakout play, um, I, I don't want to be entering at the breakout level. I want to be entering at some type of intraday breakout of, you know, maybe a, a, a an area, right? Okay. This is a great example, right? That end of day view out break. Um, oh, you're not buying the high of day break. You're buying that view out break where it normally probably tested two or three other times in the middle of that midday chop. And then you're ideally I'm selling into that high of day breakout. I'm maybe a little bit higher, but Most of the times, even even just a simple high a day breakout, you're not going to get great risk reward. So I'm trying to find spots before that that make sense to enter and then find areas to sell normally based on level two. Um, You know, and that's definitely a subjective strategy where I'm selling based on level two because a lot of times I get faked out, Um, but I am normally selling in areas where if it's not going to work, it's going to slam down right after so that's that's what I would kind of say is find those areas like that VWAP break pattern, that end of day VWAP break pattern where you're not buying the top, you're not chasing it. You have really tight risk and the reward there is still good. It's still strong.
1: Yeah, like what you said, what I like about that is, you know, like you mentioned, if it doesn't work, typically it, it doesn't work right away. Because I, mean, I, I, I mean, everybody that actively day trades will tell you, I mean, the worst thing is just a sideways stock. I mean, I would always rather be stopped out in five minutes then just sit there and watch this thing all day. So that when, like you said, if it quote unquote stuffs, you know, you just move on and you move on to the next one, you move on to the next day or whatever, but you kind of get that instant reward or that stop. And then you're not sitting there staring at sideways stocks, which again, especially most of the listeners got a small account. They're tying up the majority of their buying power. If you're stuck in these things that aren't going anywhere, then another one comes along and <clears throat> you miss that one too. So,
0: well, and one thing to add to that, you know, this is maybe not exactly on track, but I think that too many people get caught up in, well, a, a pattern is a pattern. I'll trade it every time. If the stock isn't looking right, you know, if it's had really big pulls and then recovers, don't think that you need to trade it for me. Those were, those were always my biggest losses were ones where I didn't feel comfortable trading the stock, but I was like, well, it's still a breakout. I should still try it at No, don't, don't. If it was acting really weird before that breakout level, sure. Maybe, maybe it works and goes absolutely stupid, but I got stuck in one and I can't remember the stock it was over the summer where I was oversized um, and it slammed down a dollar a share as my biggest loss ever at the time. And I, I, I knew not to, I knew that there was something telling me not to get in it. Don't just because something is conforming to a pattern. If the price action was weird before that and makes you uncomfortable, either size way down on it and kind of, you know maybe if you're going to lose lose less than you normally would or just avoid it and learn yeah, like watch it you don't B, have to be a trade I, to learn.
1: I think a great example is BLRX yesterday BLRX hmm. was that big gainer but it was just all over the place and I tried that the, the high day at 2 p.m. and it immediately slammed back and then in hindsight I'm like man this thing in the morning, it dropped from six all the way down to four, spikes so- all the way back up to six, drops to four. What am I thinking that the third time is going to work? You know, so and, and okay. that was dumb.
2: Can I, can I just you summarize know. this? Just, just add one point to put a summary on this. So if a stock's choppy and if a stock doesn't know which way it's going to go, well then how the hell do you know which way it's going to go? Well if the stock doesn't know and it's choppy and it's up and down and it's finding its feet and it can't, if, you, if, if the stock doesn't know, how are you going to know? It's all about those structured,
1: nice, one direction, tight, about a rip. That's it's that. About, yeah, that, that's like what it's about. That's you the gameplay. You've seen me, Steven, a million times do that gesture. You know, <laughs> when I'm looking at that afternoon V, I I want that hugging action where it's so, just chopping. Yeah, and it's holding, 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 and it's torturing sorry. everybody. So but anyway, but that's why that's why BLRX yesterday was crap. But
0: that yeah. was the example I was thinking about. I purposely avoided that one. Okay, because perfect. I was right, like, beautiful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it bit my strategy, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Nice, beautiful.
3: So and what's today's date, Tim? So that because oh, we yeah, keep so, being asked to yeah. say the date.
1: It's 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 de Mayo, by the way. So it's it's it's, it's uh, so we're we're talking about BL, BLRX um on would be on May 4th, 2021. So if you want to see what we're talking about, I mean. It was a mess yesterday, but whatever. You know, Bryce was smarter than I. Well done, Bryce. So,
2: Bryce is like Tim Bones' dad from another life. <laughs> sorry, uh, such a bad joke. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, Stephen. You know, every you just keep trying, and once one every now and then you'll land one. You know, so just just, going, keep, just, just just keep swinging, man. Just
3: keep swinging. I,
2: I just tell ten jokes and one lands. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bryce, do what do you think, Bryce? What do you think for the beginner traders that are listening right now? What are the like top three important things that they just don't get that you know they need to get to save them
0: a lot I'm gonna of pain give and you, suffering? I'm going to give you the top the top one, and because okay. for me it was <laughs> the most important
3: thing. Okay, okay. good.
0: good. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. Number one thing, right. That I think is the most important thing for new traders. And it was for me right before I got profitable. Stop worrying about the money. And I don't mean that like go risk a thousand dollars on every trade because the money is irrelevant. I risked $2 on every trade because I wanted to teach myself the lessons, not for the money. Right? So when I made a good day for me, when I kind of redefined my strategy, redefined my risk, a good day was $8 no that didn't pay the bills but when I lost five dollars on a trade it wasn't like oh my god I just lost my rent it was I just broke my system and that's not okay and now that's why you know like I said my biggest drawdown is one percent of my total gains because I am so it's it's turned me into like really really focused on risk management and for me again that was starting with a two dollar risk And I'd know to be fair two dollars I did for a month or two, and then I moved it up to ten and twenty, but none of those are really. I'm not going to say for me at the time, you know, and do it yeah. relative to your income. None of it was meaningful money that I could. If I lost ten trades in a row at two dollar risk, I lost twenty dollars. Yeah.
1: So let, let, let's let's do this. Okay. Um, so to, I, I guess what we'll do, yeah, is I you know we can we, you know, well obviously we can always have Bryce back. Bryce is on Good. the stocks trade team. He helps me out with a bunch of stuff. He's, he's amazing. You probably see him on the social media and everything. So Bryce is an amazing contributor. Looks like his Wi-Fi is wonky. So I do have a, a point I wanted to make. And based on what he was trying to say is that idea of systems versus goals. Okay, if you Google systems versus goals, James Clear has a great uh, um, blog post on it. A lot of um, in James Clear's book, talks about that systems versus goals. And, you know, I think that's kind of a lot of what Bryce was hitting on is the fact that he wasn't fixated on the goal. He was fixated on the system. You know, how can I make profitable trades? I think that's yeah. one of the, you know, that's where I pick on a lot of, you know, I always pick on the making bank bros because the making bank bros, they're fixated on the goal. They're fixated mm-hmm. on the don't you know, money. The Focus the boat in. the boats and hoes as we say you know yeah, <laughs> you know totally. and, and they don't care about the system they don't care no. about what it takes to get there they're yeah. fixated on the goal um, another great book by uh, um, Scott Adams has a great book how to fail at almost everything and still succeed or something great yeah. book I, I quick read and again no. James Clear so definitely Google systems versus goals and then Bryce looks like you're back
0: maybe I maybe closed got, out. I closed out every other platform I had going on there. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it. You're, you're, you've only made five hundred thousand dollars trading. I get it. You're trading on a ninety-nine dollar Chromebook from Walmart. You know, I get it. You know, you gotta, you gotta make sure you close out all your apps before you do that. So, I heard you got a free T-shirt with that Chromebook, by the way. So,
2: I hope I don't know if that's true, but Bryce, can I just ask you a question that's relevant to me? I guess. Yeah. And um, when, as you are sizing up. Cause I, I'm going through the same thing now I sized down last month. Did well, kept me, kept me risk, but as I've sized up this month, I'm already slipping. Did you, did you find that you were slipping as you sized up and what did you do? So
0: here's one thing that I kind of learned. Um, th- th- I'm not going to say thankfully the easy way, but it's a lot easier to size up in a market when everything is extremely volatile and a little okay. bit more predictable. Um, breakouts worked so well from, I mean, let's be real. June, July, August, September, October slowed a little bit. November, December, January, February, there are money. But then I had the same issue in March where I was using the same risk that I used in February. Breakouts didn't work as well. So I personally sized back down. And for me now, my goal um, isn't necessarily to increase risk anymore. Right now, it's just to maintain risk and stick to risk. Um, So uh, that's a tough one because I haven't sized up in a market that has, hasn't has told me to size up. The only reason I was sizing up is because the market kept saying, these are working, these are working, these are working. I yeah. mean, my win rate generally is like 55%, but when the market was hot, I was, my, I was averaging like 65%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when I'm taking 300 trades a month,
2: <laughs> <It's> a <lot. laughs>
0: I can promise you it's <laughs> a big difference. Um, so I, for, for me, you know, I, I think it needs to be a comfort thing. And I hate how cliche that sounds and no nobody wants to hear that. I don't even want to hear it. But you need to just be risking what is comfortable for you, relative, in my opinion, to either your trading income, income outside of trading, or a combination of both. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Really good wisdom. Um
0: yeah. so maybe if you do want to size up, do it small. Go from I don't know what your risk is right now, but instead of risking a hundred dollars, risk $110, $115. Ex- Extremely. Uh,
2: just go slower. Just yeah. do it. To that. I was like th- two, two, three hundred a trade, and then I went up to like $400, four hundred, five hundred. But even that
0: slips. And, and that's um, and I, I that's the same thing for me. My goal. Um, I've been risking about four hundred a trade uh, in April. My goal is to get down close to three hundred because normally my loss, my bigger losses aren't because I choose a different risk level. It's because I was oversized. Right. Um, going yeah. for something bigger. And the fact of the matter is, my biggest wins this month and at the end of last month were actually on smaller, smaller position sizes because I, felt, how that happens, man. Yeah, I yeah I felt more comfortable. I felt more comfortable to hold. Yeah,
2: um,
0: and I could use a little bit wider risk. And then I could add if I was if if I was in at the wrong spot at first, but it hadn't quite hit my risk level, and then it started working, then I added.
1: Yeah. Then you add to to that. You know, you're just you're adding to that winner now that you've got that confirmation. Yeah. So.
0: And uh, one one other big thing to kind of close that part off too is Bowen just you know said the adding to winner. One of the biggest things for me is don't add to a loser ever. That's one. And I I never really went through that phase where I had to learn it. actually I did learn it the hard way with a short. Actually. (laughs) What was that ticker? Because what was that ticker? SLGG. Okay. SLGG. I was shorting the first green day and it basically almost tested the breakout. Um, And Uh I, I had no, no data to back up my, my entry. I had no (laughs) data to back up my ads, but all of a sudden I was short 10,000 shares. (laughs) And uh, that was a a $7,500 loss. Um, And to be fair, you know, that I actually, I did lower it down. I, Shorted the bounce and with smaller size and made that down to a sixty five hundred dollar loss. Then ended the day down like four thousand dollars. But that was that was the only time I had to do a loser, and I can promise you, since then I have never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like I said, on the long side, I'm like if I'm not right, I'm out right away. So, see, and that's that's what's hard about shorting.
1: That that's a great point because, and, and again, that's why I try you know, and I try and, you know, with the mentorship program. And again, I'm most of the time with the podcast, we're talking to newer traders. Cause again, even if you're, that's like, like you said, is like, even if you're adding to a loser on the long side, typically they just trickle lower, 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 and you get fed up and you're like, oh, I'm an idiot. And you move on. You do that on the short side and it's like, ah, you know, you're freaking, I mean, it's like the world is ending, you know? And so that, that's the one nice thing about when you make those mistakes, at least on the long side, you can barring like an intraday offering or terrible news. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're trading that VWAP bounce or reclaim that you're trading, I mean, if it doesn't work, usually it just kind of does nothing and trickles lower dumps. it, it the close.
2: It dumps and it doesn't come back. Yep. But if you add to a short, if you add to a short, it's so, that's so overextended. Like All you're doing when you're adding is getting a bigger position to get even more rewarded when it does drop. And every time it goes higher, it's like it literally has to turn. And, and only 1 in 100 don't. But 99 out of 100 longs don't come back. But 99 out of 100 shorts do drop. And, and that's where the mentality is so skewed.
0: But it, And it's that one loss that will – it literally can Nine ruin months. your career. You know, that's yeah. the, it's the scariest. I will never, Oh, I'll never forget the pain of the, like, even if, even if I increase my risk to $10,000 a trade one day, I will never forget the pain <laughs> that SLG, like it was an out of body experience. I just kept watching it go higher <laughs> and I couldn't click the cover button because I never even had a risk. The beginning.
2: I know how, You can't cover. You can't cover. And, no, and I said this before, like, dude, if you don't cover your risk, if you can't cover your risk, how are you going to cover the next level and the next level and the next level? That's even worse.
1: Bryce, <laughs> we had to eject him. Um, <laughs> but to the listeners out there, I think there was a ton of great stuff here. I apologize for the, well, we all apologize for the glitches. We will definitely have Bryce back. Um, but yes. I, I don't want to, you know, get the, the, the this is funny how it works. You know, I joked about the Illuminati, but like he he got on these great points and he's making these great points. And every time that's when he would, he would, go away on us. So to the listeners out there, I still think you dropped some great stuff. I think we learned sure. a lot from Bryce's sure. work ethic. You know, again, all those that, that long-term mindset taking multiple years, I think you did all yeah, the right stuff sure. and we'll have him
3: back. We'll have him back. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love, I haven't read that book by James Clear that you talked about him. Atomic but, Habits. But yep. Yep. Was, oh, I thought you said, Oh, is it, it's in Atomic Habits The Systems Versus Goals? Well, he, he when, when I talk about, when i he's got a
1: really good blog post talking okay. about systems versus goals, but okay. that's a lot of what the book is about is what. Well. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, because that's Google, such a
3: great point. Systems if you Google versus systems goals. versus goals, I think it's like the second match, you know? Wow, so, okay. So the a, concept, do you, do you feel the majority, in my, so far I'm hearing most beginner traders, they're all focused on the goal. And not focused on the system so just that alone is almost maybe that should be its own episode one of these days just talking about what that's yeah, no, what all true. those systems are yeah i mean i mean I was, and, you know we, we've
1: heard it from so many people you know like yeah you're know, like like you know grittani tim Gratani was one of the first kind of like that popularized that concept of removing your PL, even okay yeah you know i yeah, yeah. was talking about that Seven eight years ago, and I, I I kind of took I started doing that too because wow. it, ultimately whether it's a whether it's a red number or a green number, you should be focusing on that on what the stock is doing. You know yeah. uh, you know again yeah. if it's if you're if you bought it and it's just going lower and lower and it's breaking a resistance level or it just went red on the day that the p and is irrelevant because. You're in a crappy setup at this point, you know, and and so so yeah, I think that's a great to- topic for next time is is being focused yeah. on building a system, improving, having a system. Shit, yeah, but most yeah. most most, most newbies don't even have a you know. I mean, yeah. hey, we've totally. all been there. You know, yeah. most people start out buying alerts. You know that yeah. that's the that's the definition mm-hmm. of not having a system. I mean, yeah. if you're just following an alert, whether it be yeah. Twitter or a chat room or yeah. whatever.
3: I Such mean, point. You know, there, point. There's no
1: system there, and yeah, and we all great. we all try it. You know, do, doesn't sure. work for anybody. Then sure. we
3: start working on a system. So, <laughs> it's just the but, nature the nature of the way human behavior works. Stephen, what was your main takeaway from?
2: Bryce? Yeah, no, I, I was. Well, I was just gonna say, I've actually I actually removed me profit and loss about um, six weeks ago, and I and I wow. brought it back, and I, and I won't bring it back.
3: Do you see a difference?
2: Yeah, it's huge um,
3: because what's what's name, different for you? Uh,
2: the most important thing is that it forces you stick to to stick to a plan because you mm-hmm. have a predefined risk in every trade, and your your risk is should be off a risk level. So when that risk level hits, you either take the loss or you don't know how much you are down, which is terrifying. So you, you just have it forces you to stick to a plan. And um, the second advantage is. It it makes like but a lot of traders talk about like odds, how many, how many, how many odds they got to the risk. And like if the trade isn't like three times reward for risk or four times reward for risk, I just there's no point taking it, but you you'd get into bad habits of thinking, I'll just try and take a hundred bucks yeah. I'll just try and take two hundred bucks, yeah. Whereas and sometimes that risk rewards not there. So if you if you have that plan, you think, well, I'm risking this, which is four percent. So if I don't get eight or twelve. There's just no point in taking it because it's just not a good RR trade, yeah. And it forces you to because. And what what I would normally do is see five hundred dollars and thinking that's a lot of money. That looks good as a daily goal. I'm going to take that five hundred dollars, but now that I don't see that five hundred dollars, I just think I'm not taking that because it's not the right part of the chart to cover. It's still Beautiful. got more downside. Beautiful. Still, there's more downside. It's not. It's not a good trade in terms of risk reward. If I take it now, so you just trade process profits.
3: It's a filter. More it's like you're using like a filter on your process now where it's not being, you're not being informed by the emotional component of the dollar.
2: Yeah. And you don't see the money. So like, you're not like, oh my God, I'm up a thousand. I better take it off. Oh, yeah. Shit, I'm down, yeah. I'm down 300. I've got to got yeah. panic cut it. or I can't cut this all. Yeah, it's all pre-planned. The emotions less, less in it.
3: What was it that kept you from doing this at the start um just me me
2: uh i was i I, the way i would think about it and describe it is i was trading very ego driven very ego driven look how good i am look how much money i can make look at me i'm nail trading um but that that same ego that wanted to like nail everything would get destroyed and self-sabotage itself and when i put everything down to a process that wasn't in me head the process is just something i follow that's on yep. a piece of paper yep then that removes a lot of the ego and it's wow. um, system-based trading not like ego-driven trading like that's the difference
3: incredible congrats man sounds like that, a big shift
2: that, not doing that great but it's going okay so far the ego creeps in. you right just in, freaking in, started, in
3: started. you just yeah. freaking started
2: but no like I, I i lost 22 grand and i've just made half of it back I've made half of it back. So like I've only got like 11 grand to make to new high. So, and it's a system-based approach. So
1: it's
2: a, it's, a, it's a better way of trading, yeah.
1: Excited to hear how it goes. Well, let's, uh, well, we'll kind of take it home. So um, everyone, you know, again, definitely go to steadytrade.com. We'll link everything, but that systems versus goals. Again, the books I mentioned, Atomic Habits by James Clear, highly recommended. And then that Scott Adams book, Scott Adams talks a ton about, you know systems versus goals like him becoming you know one of the biggest cartoonists ever you know etc and, and and he's used that that process great um podcast with him um not to get too woo woo Kim Kim would like this with the patchouli oil and crystals
3: but um Scott Adams I don't like on- oil I don't like patchouli oil don't ever buy that for me it okay. makes me think of my days in the east village it was just everybody wore it <laughs> Can get sick but
1: now. Scott Adams was on Tim Ferriss' podcast. I want to say really, it was a while ago. I want to say five or six years ago, um, and talked a lot about affirmations. And um, real again, not to get too woo woo, but it was a great podcast. So so Google Scott Adams Tim Ferriss, but Tim
3: Farris, and then is it,
1: um, is it Mr. New Age? Ooh, that's what do I do? Do, I, some do I do I? chip pieces off and then smoke it in a crack pipe? Or what do I do with no. that? Oh my God, no.
3: Do I talk to it, the crystal? Why is it woo woo? Why is it woo woo if he's on Tim Ferriss?
1: Tim Ferriss No, I just, I was
3: just affirmations. That, oh, you know, affirmations, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha, okay. Like, like Trying he to stay would, in the thread. Yeah, Try so
1: he stay. would, so Scott, I mean, and again, what do with it what you will, listener, but he basically 10 times a day for years We said, I'm going to be a best-selling cartoonist. I'm going to be a best. And he would say 10 or maybe 30 times a day or something. Listen to the podcast. Wow. That's so um, cool. But you know, if, again, if you believe in simulation theory, then, then, you know, basically your program, that's how you program the simulation, but we'll save that for another day. But, um,
3: Anyway, now we're now we're, who's who's being woo woo, Steven. Now who's being woo woo?
2: Uh, I well, got
3: the... on my desk, and you're talking complete simulation. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think we're in the name for that same neighborhood. Tim anyway.
1: if, if Elon
3: okay. believes in it, I
1: do so. yeah. I think
2: I kind of switched off on a hit simulation. <laughs> like, what, whatever? I don't need oh, this. I, I got so
1: much evidence. I got the documents. I don't make me, don't, don't make me do my Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said thanks bryce and um we'll have bryce again we'll have him on better wi-fi maybe maybe we'll have him back next week because yeah. um you know i think i again and, and i think hopefully everyone enjoyed it i think he made some great points but there were a couple you know he was at two points he was he was really you could tell he was fired up about it but his wi-fi broke out of him so we'll so we'll make sure to have him back for those so that being said, thank you everyone for listening to the Steady Trade podcast. Go to steadytrade.com for those links. And thank you, Kim, and thank you, Steven.